Sponsorship Studios, this is Buddy Walk with Jesus, where real life and the kingdom of God connect. Now, your hosts, Joe and Edgar. Thank you, Heavenly Father, for who you are. Father, how you reach down to us and tell us all these amazing truths about you. Father, we thank you for the opportunity to grow closer to you, to know you more, Father. And we realize that it, it comes at a cost. We have to give up things that we would otherwise want, things that corrupt ourselves, that cause interference between us. So, Father, we give them freely to you, and we ask that you would reveal even more about yourself today. Father, we would hear things we've not heard before, and that we would be able to relish them and hold them onto them the way Mary treasured the words that she heard during this Christ's birth. We thank you for this opportunity. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, guys, what is up? Welcome back to Buddy Walk with Jesus. As always, as we get started, we want you guys to know two very important things. 
that you are prayed for, and that you are loved deeply. Uh, as usual, for all the links, for all the things, you can check us out, buddywalkwithjesus.com. If you want to reach out, get in contact with us, you can find us on Facebook, shoot us a message. Um, and last but not least, as always, if you are in need of prayer, do not hesitate to reach out, prayer at buddywalkwithjesus.com. So last week, we started the Christmas discussion by talking about the roots of Christmas. And we came to this conclusion that when you really look at Christmas, you know, it's not all of the stuff and things of Christmas that matters. It's not all of the peripheral sort of conversation about it. What matters at Christmas, whether you put up a tree, hang a wreath, do yule logs don't do yule logs whatever what matters is the focusing on the birth of the savior yes we covered last week that we are fully well aware that there is a very small chance that jesus was actually born in december but that is still the time that we choose to celebrate so That is what is most important when we celebrate the holidays. So now this week, I want to set the table by winding the clock back about two years to some of the very first episodes of Buddy Walk with Jesus called Christmas Time Suicide, discussing a very real issue, at least here in America, if not in other parts of the world, that tends to crop up during this time totally i guess at that time blissfully unaware obviously of what was coming down the pike just a few short months later a big theme there in those episodes were that was one that transcends boundaries and peoples and countries it's the lack of hope and the feeling of loneliness that has a way of getting shoved front and center in a lot of people's lives during this period of time and discussing the very unfortunate tragedy that's a byproduct of that that tends to happen during this time of year. So fast forward two years-ish, and this ministry is a lot different in certain respects. You know, it almost feels like in some ways we're all grown up. I'm a lot different in certain respects. And there's a lot more of you guys listening from various parts of the world. Given all of that, I've been feeling this tug on my heart to take time and discuss and revisit the significance of this season and revisit some of these concepts. I wasn't sure at first exactly what God wanted me to talk about when engaging with this whole season, but it continued to become more and more obvious that there were things that needed to be discussed. And like we said last week, it's not this isn't about being a history show and talking about the history of Jesus and talking about the history of Christmas and all of those kinds of things, but more the practical, more the everyday and discussing 
the things that us as kingdom citizens walk through during this time, especially at this moment in history, in mulling over all of that, in mulling over everything about this time of year, commonly referred to as Advent, I've continued to hear about things like joy, hope, and peace. And while spending time in very specific parts of the Bible, it dawned on me that given everything that we have been through over the last two years, revisiting these topics in a different kind of way is exactly what's needed. I think for a lot of people, just hearing those words right about now elicits this knee-jerk reaction to almost scoff at the idea of having joy, hope, or peace. You know, and by a lot of standards, not many people would be inclined to blame you to an extent. But that's exactly where I want to push it. Because I think it's safe to say that many of us have picked up some new baggage over the last couple of years. Not to mention any baggage that we've already had. We've said it before. It's not like anybody came into this whole thing with at 100%. So I can speak for myself here I don't have a good history with Christmas. I remember talking to my uncle many moons ago and telling him how much I hate Christmas. Growing up, it was just an excuse to get drunk, do drugs, and create wounds and chaos. And I remember what he said, that I'm likely going to hate Christmas until I go off and start my own family and create new memories. For totally different reasons, my wife isn't a big fan of this time of year either. So that's been a learning process for us as a married couple, you know. And I can honestly say that this year is probably the closest I personally have come to being in the holiday spirit. And a huge part of that is due to how much my relationship with God has grown and the natural appreciation for what we celebrate this time of year as an extension of that but the reality of the world is that for many people in many different parts of the world there is seemingly next to nothing to celebrate right now between deaths illnesses emotional damage variants and the list goes on it's hard to believe that things like hope joy and peace are entirely foreign concepts, almost not meant for this world. So like I said, I've been spending time in very specific parts of the Bible. I've been focusing on Isaiah, the Gospels, and Revelation. I've been very interested in the prophecies of Jesus, both the birth and the second coming, as well as what the Bible has to tell us specifically about the birth and life of Jesus. With all of the discourse and all of the stuff and things about, you know, what's this and what's that and what's important and what's not, 
I really wanted to take it back. Take it back to the roots. Take it back to the foundational stuff and go to, you know, we hear so much about what the Bible doesn't say about the life and times of Jesus. I wanted to know and focus in on, I should say, what it did have to say. I think there is a trap that is easy to fall into that I really wanted to avoid of just making this whole thing systematic, right? I like Christmas because I like Jesus. I like Easter because I like Jesus. And I read my devotional and I do the candles. All of those things, they're, they're, they should be, I should say, born out of a place that's good. But there's a bridge too far of making them just systematic you know, just robotic in nature and taking the heart and soul out of it. You know, you've got the nativity scene in December and you've got the cross in the spring. And I wanted to break that and really consider the full implications of these themes presented during this time. Again, hope, joy, peace. So I want to refocus a little bit and maybe hit this from a little bit different of an angle past it's just a story about jesus or it's just a time to think about the second coming or it's just a time to think about the birth and think about the nativity and sing the christmas carols and all of those kinds of things and think about and really process what we can learn about our everyday lives during this time? What can we learn about our relationship with God during this time? What can we take as a reminder during this time? So as we move forward, I implore you guys that you really dig into the full breadth of what that looks like. So I want to jump in on a reading of a particular part of the Bible that tends to be quoted very heavily during the Christmas season. But like I said, after we read it, I want to hit this from a slightly different angle than a lot of your standard Christmas teachings hit it from. So reading from Isaiah 60, verses 1 through 5. Arise, Jerusalem, let your light shine for all to see. For the glory of the Lord rises to shine on you. Darkness as black as night covers all the nations of the earth. But the glory of the Lord rises and appears over you. All nations will come to your light. Mighty kings will come to see your radiance. Look and see, for everyone is coming home. Your sons are coming from distant lands. Your daughters, your little daughters will be carried home. Your eyes will shine and your heart will thrill with joy. For merchants from around the world will come to you. They will bring you the wealth of many lands. So like I said, this is something that is commonly quoted this time of year, centered around a message of the coming king. And yes, that is absolutely, there's there's beauty in the fact that this is talking about a time to come. But one thing that caught my eye is the unique context that we get to see it from. 
We get the Bible in its full context, right? From Genesis to Revelation, we get the full deal. And we understand the what is now history for us of the coming king, the of Jesus, of the Messiah. But we live in this time where we still look forward to prophecy that has not been fulfilled yet. We are waiting on prophecy of the second coming and we sit in the in-between. In this space of living out day-to-day life here on earth. And I see these reflection points, as I've come to call them. If you look at Isaiah, the Gospels, and Revelation, there are absolutely reflections of a coming hope. And one thing that comes to mind is, like I said, where we're at here and now, that we have our version of a coming hope. The kingdom language that's used by Jesus has a very present tense to it, which is why when you hear us talk about the kingdom, it's not just about the kingdom not yet to come. It's not just about heaven. It's a very present kingdom. It's a very present relationship with Jesus. Yes, there is a component of, like I said, awaiting for the restoration of Eden. I find my heart doing jumping jacks over the joy of the idea that we will be restored to full unity with the king one day. It's easy to miss sometimes, but part of the wonder of the birth of Christ is that it's the first time since Eden that God walked among his creation. So yes, it's good to have an aspect of your faith that looks ahead to the wonders to come. That is not a bad thing and that should never be devalued. But we need to be careful that we're not so fixated where we miss the present dimension and aspect to our lives. How we operate, what we put our faith in and hope in, and the type of relationship that we have with God here and now today. So why do I bring that up? Why do I bring this up? A large portion of many Advent celebrations, as it were, is focused around the idea of hope and joy. And a lot of times that's reflected onto the hope and joy in the second coming. The joy of knowing that Jesus is coming back and the hope that comes along with that. So with those being such prevalent subjects in this time, I think it's important to talk about just that, especially at this moment in history. It's all too easy to fall into the trap of there's better days to come. Come, Lord, just have it be done. And trust me, I have my days. Trust me, I have my days. Where that's all I can think about is, all right, God, just wipe the slate. Call it good. 
But like the question becomes is, are we ready? And I'm not going to get into that, but are we actually ready for that? Because that's the ball game. That's it. So when we fixate too heavily on better days to come, we can lose sight on the significance of what Jesus did by focusing on ourselves and our present troubles and all of that or focusing on what hasn't happened yet but in an unhealthy kind of way you know fixating on the future and losing sight of where we're at today and what we're doing today because present day also matters you know all of this talk it's not about focusing on ourselves and our own emotions it's actually quite the opposite it's because the savior was sent lived died rose again that we can have the hope of a better tomorrow that we can hope in the greater that indwells us than the indwelt that's in the world rather than just focusing on ourselves or focusing on our circumstances, or focusing on the situations of this world. Answering those questions, if there's so much hurt and pain, then why? Why all of this? What's the point? What is this life for in the first place? Didn't just build the bedrock of this ministry, but the bedrock of my faith, because I needed to know because things like hope and love and faith and peace are incredibly valuable to somebody like me. There's a whole mess of people that have gone through a whole mess of things that have experienced the opposite side of that coin that to hear that you can vulnerably take in all of those things without fear of getting bit for it, that's a very, very valuable thing. And that's where I think the necessary message is, you know, it's not just about what hasn't come yet. It's not just about what happened before. It's about all of it. It's about the full picture of hope and love and peace that we, that we get to have because of that, because of what happened, because of the birth of the king, because of the goodness of God. And it's important that we do not shy away from reconciling what that looks like in the everyday, in a world that is broken, in a time that is hard. All right, so now let's go ahead and move forward and jump back into the section of Isaiah that we've been reading out of. Isaiah 60, verses 18 through 20. Yeah. Violence will disappear from your land. The desolation and destruction of war will end. Salvation will surround you like city walls and praise will be on the lips of all who enter there. No longer will you need the sun to shine by day, nor the moon to give its light by night. For the Lord your God will be your everlasting light, and your God will be your glory. Your sun will never set. 
your moon will not go down. For the Lord will be your everlasting light. Your days of mourning will come to an end. This is a time to celebrate hope that we have in the restoration of the land. As stands right now, this present moment, this present day, whether you're in America, whether you're in India, whether you're in Ireland, whether you're in an entirely different part of the world. Friends, we have hope for the kingdom here and now. We have a steadfast love and hope and peace and victory that we can experience here and now in a present sense in a present relationship with God. I feel like it needs to be said if you are to, to, to the parent that's that's just trying to bring the holidays in for a landing for the kids. God sees you. To the person that is off in another part of the world that is just trying to celebrate the birth of a savior in a land that would kill you for that kind of thing. God sees you. For every single person that is coming into this with baggage, for every single person that is has baggage around this area, it goes so far beyond the the structure and the um you know what color candles do you use do you do you do this kind of celebration for advent or that kind of celebration for advent or do you mean this that or the other thing we can make the argument that we should always be celebrating god right that we should always have this kind of relationship where we celebrate and have hope and have peace but here's the gimmick guys I've said this before, I'll say it again, and I know, I know in my heart, God has told me in my heart that there are those of you that are listening that will understand what I say when I say this, that this is not a world that produces people that tend to find faith and hope to be easily reached for items off the shelf. And especially now, especially in present day, heading into 2022, when we have no solid foundation from a worldly standpoint, it is so vital. It is so necessary to keep at the very core and foundation of whatever it is if you do friends miss if it's just you and your friends if you get together with your family if you just do a family thing if it's just you it's never just you it's never just you and your family it's never just it, god is always involved god is always present in every single one of our situations and every single one of our celebrations god is present God is there. 
and we can bring forward to him whatever it is that we are contending with during this Christmas season. You know, I started talking about Advent because this is the time period that we are in currently, and it's this runway. And you guys are listening to this. It will be before December 25th. So I mean this in a sense of the runway leading into Christmas. How do we contextualize this period of time? How do we contextualize this season of time in a time that does not lend itself to a natural inclination towards hope and towards celebration? How can we do this? And the one thing that I am finding is that we've got to get practical, fam. We have to bring it into the day to day. You know, yes, if that if if it helps to do an advent calendar with the little pieces of chocolate and all that kind of stuff, whatever, cool. I, I'm not I'm not trying to I'm not trying to disparage any way that you connect with God within reasons. All of the asterisks that I'm not going to go into right now, but we all know there's asterisks, there's guidelines. It's not so much about how you connect to God, that that you are connecting with God, that you are staying present with him during this time. Every single day. You know, I, I've been, I heard it on another show recently that worship is my warship. Meaning, worship is how I fight the fight. Praising God is how I fight the fight. This time is not easy, friends. We get that. It's okay that you're feeling it some kind of way about this time. And God wants to engage with you there. He wants to engage in that in that hurt and pain. In the, in the good times and the bad times. So, so if we're getting practical, guys, I would honestly raise, raise up the fact that you can't just grit our teeth and go and just, just make it through. Just, just get through. It'll be fine. It'll be better in January. I don't think so. That doesn't seem to be how life works. Because whatever pain that you've got, if you put it in a box, you've still got the box and the pain that's in the box. And eventually, you're going to have to open up that box. If you hope for any kind of healthy existence. The, you know, Advent is not something we celebrated in the projects. <laughs> and I can't tell you if it was just because of the way I grew up or not. But you didn't hear anybody speaking about it. Now, there were a lot of Catholics. Um, we, a lot of it's liturgical. There's a structure around it. So there are people who would be used to it, but we didn't have them in our circle. <clears throat> and what I find interesting, and you shared on it, was uh, it's basically the coming. And when I was doing a little bit research, what I found interesting is the Advent, when alluded to the coming, wasn't the first coming, but the second coming. 
when God would come and restore everything uh, to its rightful design. Advent for us was invisible, but the hope of Advent, you know, the, the whole Christ has come, Christ is coming a second time, got seeped into our lives still, and um, it affected us. So during this time of the year, I don't know if Advent is something that I will incorporate or not, just because I don't have much of an understanding or familiarity with it, but I thought it was interesting. And I have a family in the church that does observe Advent. And so we're able to partake when we meet at their home, the Advent season where they're talking about certain things, uh, uh, I'll call them uh, subjects or, or topics. And it's interesting to see that they are sharing their with their children a tradition that is unfamiliar to me. And they're teaching their kids about looking toward Christ's return. Um, and that, that I always find interesting. You know, we're talking about the coming of the Savior when he comes as a king. Um, so this is this is, you know, one of those things that has multiple meanings. People can look back to the past, the first coming, or people can look towards the second coming, and both of them are filled with hope. But both of them were during times of tumultuous times, like right now, where we're facing things um, that are going on that we've not experienced before, and can cause a lot of people to have heavy hearts. Advent can be a reminder that this is not the way it's going to remain. So I like that very much. I do. That makes me want to explore it more. Our present hope matters just as much as putting our hope in something not yet to come matters. And maybe this is me. Um, you know, I, I, I am finding the further that I get down this whole not just being a christian road but being a missionary being a being a, any kind of teacher anything like that going down this road that there are different emphasis for for each of us and i think part there's a lot that goes into that how our, our personal relationship with god um how we think how we process the world all of those kinds of things and we've talked about how the differences within the body are are a beautiful thing so for me i look at this and i cannot help but see the fact that hope is this time this hope is this subject that gets talked about so much here and now and i'm the type of person that you are much more likely to hear me talk about a widespread reformation than you are to hear me talk about the end times because when the end times happen bam end of story then then that's the ball game folks that's when it all comes out in the wash so yeah there's a part of my heart that wants to see reformation first you know, I don't mean it in the legalistic sense. I don't mean it in a in a super, you know, how, how 
d different groups would hear that that phrase different ways reformation what i mean by reformation is a wide-scale acknowledgement of the importance and purpose and love and existence of god a turning to god in a widespread sense and so i think for me in processing this whole advent as somebody that didn't necessarily you know wasn't experienced with advent in considering all of this that i take this and i hear this and i put this into this whole scale this whole scale greater idea of the absolute necessity to nurture our hearts and our spirits during times that are war during warfare and there uh, i've i've seen i've experienced god has put me in direct contact with people from other parts of the world God has put me in direct contact with people here in our country. And I have seen the hurt in people's eyes. And it breaks my heart. It so breaks my heart. Because God's people are hurting. The whole world is hurting. There are believers out there that are struggling to find that hope and peace. There are people out there, if, if, if Christians that have the, the wellspring of life on direct contact, like we should, if we are having a hard time with how war-torn our hearts are, what hope does do non-believers have of being able to find any sense of peace So, yes, we get to look forward towards glory in the kingdom not yet to come. We get to look forward to better days on down the line. But we cannot forsake the current while focusing on the not yet to come. That, friends, is is what, what my heart is burdened with. That we are in a time that is so insanely difficult, but we can still have a present hope we can still have a present lifeline. You know, I think that I equate our relationship with God with lifting or martial arts or music. This, the, the knowledge base is in the day-to-day minutiae. 
It's getting up every single day and going to the gym. It's getting up every single day and going and practicing with the heavy bag. It's getting up every single day and practicing your instrument. It's every single day. So as we go into this time of Advent where it's so about hope and it's so about the celebration of the Savior, I implore you guys to make this a practical thing. Whether it's an actual um, Advent wreath or, or anything like that, whether, whether or not it's the formulated structure of Advent that is a nice tying point to help remind you of hope, or if it's just intentional prayers. Every single day, intentional prayers. Making prayer life, making engaging with God an intentional part of all of this. We need to make this practical. It's really a small idea float in the back, but I love that you're pushing engagement. In intimacy through engagement. What you build here will carry on through diligence and discipline. Now, those two words sound very much like effort. And I think part of the mystery is understanding that it does not have to be a work, but it can be a discovery. Um, a lot of people are during this, this, this time of year have a lot on their plate. And this is a way to run to something that is to refresh you. And I like the stuff that you had mentioned before. I would even say, you know, and I was thinking about this and it's not really an Advent thing, but writing a note to someone for the season, thinking of you, um, and whatever you would put in there, you know, uh, giving a small gift to a neighbor uh, as a way of being faithful to God in a way that engages him, not as a work, but as something coming out of your love and desire for him. And I think sometimes we've gotten so tired or so worn out, we're no longer hungry for the God. Um, because everything has been dulled to a point. You ever have one of those days, Joe, where you're so tired, you don't even want to eat dinner, even though you're hungry? Yeah. And that can be a spiritual aspect. But we have this hope that comes. And it comes regardless of whether we're looking for it or not. Um, the ones who, and I'm going to use the word, take advantage of it, are the ones that are going to make out the best because of it. Now, that doesn't mean that you're going to have an, a perfect Christmas, but it means that you will travel through those troubled waters a lot easier. So for all of you who are having a, a difficult time, God completely understands and he wants to steal away with you. He wants to spend time with you. And a lot of stuff in this episode has been pointing to 
the connection of the coming through intimacy. So I, I think it is so key that we as humans understand that, that God is coming and it's going to be the final, as, as you said, game over. No, you didn't say game over. No, <laughs> the said, phrase. It, that's it's, the ball it's game. Done. Yeah. Um, but uh, um, there's a finality that is coming. <clears throat> and so if we, we can benefit by doing it now, as opposed to waiting for when we truly need it, you know, where everything's like really crazy, but you know, there's a sweetness to God. There is. And sometimes, unless we push the noise away, or sometimes I, I call it, you know, that static interference radios used to get. I don't know if, since everything's digital, they still have static. Um, but that's what it was kind of. Your soul, your spirit can have a lot of static interference that doesn't allow you to hear the things that God is saying to you directly. And we're blessed because we have a season in life that says this time, it's really not about consumers. It's really not about gifts. It is about the reason for the season. Now, I, I've heard that phrase so many times that it doesn't hold the, the joy that it once had. And I say that you know, with some, you know, it does and it doesn't because I've heard it so many times. Unless I connect with it, it's not going to hold the meaning that it, it should have. And that's my decision. I make that. But with that noise, we can say, be silent. And we tell our minds to be silent so that we can listen and create a hearing environment to listen to what God has to say. And we're indwelt. God will speak to us. Holy Spirit does that. He loves to do that. So you don't have to worry about whether you're going to do it right or not. You just have to get into it. It's like going into a pool. Some people just jump right in and some people go one step at a time. Um, I think I'm a person that used to always jump in, but now I take it a little bit slower. Um, but that's just me. But what, however you do it, just do it. And the, the sad reality is that for some people right now, it's, it is craziness. It is, it is the, the peak of not knowing which direction is up. And that's why we are pushing so hard this idea of practicality and intimacy and things like that, because you know, whether or not you go for a walk in the morning or do the dishes at night, whether or not you, it's, it's on your drive into work or, you know, after you put the kids to bed, whatever, be, be active in the word, be active in prayer, because if you are not, then all of the pain, all of the heartache, all of that is all ready to invade like that static that to just destroy you and 
the reality is that we have the ability to lay that down at the foot of the cross. We get to lay that down. And again, that does not mean we cannot, as much as I want to, if you could, if you could see my heart, you'd know. I, I so wish that every single person listening would have that magical Christmas or that magical ability to, to, to really worship and to really celebrate and wouldn't have to deal with the pain. Can't do that. That's not, that's not promised. It doesn't mean that you're going to have a perfect season. You will still have to deal with the loss. You will still have to deal with the pain. You will still have to figure out ways of performing soul care during this time where a lot's going on a lot of demands there's a there's a lot of demands you know from what we know of you guys that are listening and demographics and ages and all that kind of stuff many of you are right within that that range where it would make sense that your parents a lot of people are right within that range where it would it would make sense that there is a heightened sense of responsibility you know, with being an adult and all of those kinds of things. Um, so it's important for you and your relationship with God. And by proxy, everybody else around you that sees you to take those times to be able to invest in properly caring for your heart there's a lot of debate whether or not the heart's good bad or indifferent or this or that or the other thing but at the end of the day god does not want you to suffer god does not want you to carry around the burden and the weight so i tell you the same thing that I tell you guys at the start of every single episode that you are prayed for and that you are loved deeply. There are no yeah buts there. There's no caveat. There's no asterisk. God sees you. God loves you. If you are listening and you don't have a relationship with god you don't have to make it super formalized god this is what i'm failing god this is what i'm thinking god this is what is on my heart and you talk like you are talking to a friend it's not about the rhetoric it's not about exact phrasing If you have a relationship with God and you feel the weight of the world on your shoulders right now, God sees you too. And I promise you that God has bigger shoulders than any of us. It wasn't meant for us to handle. There's so much pain 
and so much heartbreak and so much stress and so much so many issues of this world that i i fundamentally believe that humans were not designed to engage with this much hurt engage with this much pain you know i i think that's part of why you see the degradation of the human form in the face of severe stress and anxiety and pain and things like that because it's it's going outside of what the human body was made for what the human person was made for so when so when we are at that point that is the time to press in that is the time where intimacy is the key and the thing that will see you through so with that to each and every one of you merry christmas happy holidays trust me you will be in my thoughts and prayers throughout this time but so much more importantly than that again God sees every single one of you God knows and it's okay just he's just calling come so I'm gonna go ahead and pray us out Father God I thank you I thank you cannot begin to thank you and put proper words to how significant it is that we can praise you and that we can we can glorify your name in full and complete confidence of what your word says and promises father i ask that you forgive me for the times that i don't remember that for the times that I struggle with that. And I praise you that you are so good and so loving to your people that when we do, you just call us back. Just, just come back. Okay, let's, let's, we're here now. And it's not this, you know, it's not this, this grudge. So Father, there are so many blessings to be had in you in a time and place that doesn't offer any of that father i pray that your people stand in loving confidence this season that the joy and peace of the lord is spread to the rooftops that your peace is present in the hearts and minds of your people that your name is first and glorified this season god you are so good you wouldn't have heaven without us you are so loving so we can have hope because of the baby that was born because you sent your son because we could never make it happen ourselves father i thank you for who and what you are in jesus name amen